Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Get your Bibles out. Turn to Ephesians 6 for me. Turn to Ephesians 6. I couldn't, I could not bring that to you. You needed to see that. So uh, here, here we find in this uh, last chapter, the, the whole book, I asked you to read the book. Read the book every week of the series. The first five chapters, Paul spends time telling us who we are in Christ, building us up, telling we're, we're joint heirs with him, we're seated in heavenly places. Uh, he talks about that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. And it's important that he's, he begins this way because the, the church in Ephesus is facing such persecution. I mean, they can't even buy or sell goods if they're Christians. They're, they're being, uh, losing their jobs. They're being run out of town. They're, they're really struggling. It's probably one of the most difficult times to be a Christian in Ephesus during this time. And Paul is writing this letter from prison. And isn't that interesting? And the whole first five chapters, he's encouraging them and who they are in Christ, that they've been forgiven and they've been, uh, they've been brought to a place in him uh, they've been brought to that place of righteousness, of Christ's righteousness in them, trading their sinful nature to the th- for the things of God over and over again for five chapters. And then he gets to chapter six. And it's almost as if Paul is sitting there, okay, Lord, because here's what we know. The Bible is written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's okay, Lord, now I have encouraged them and who they are in you. And now how do I wrap this up? What do I say to close out this book called Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. And, and, and I almost, give me a moment, I almost feel like Paul's sitting there in this prison on a cold, hard floor with a piece of parchment and some ink and a pen, asking for inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and then looking up and seeing two Roman soldiers guarding his cell in their full armor. And almost as if as he's looking, all of a sudden, God through the Holy Spirit starts revealing and attaching pieces of the soldier's armor to spiritual truth, and in a way, letting everybody know that you're in a battle. I mean, this is great. Everything we just said right now is great. This is who you are. This is what God has for you. You have resurrection power, the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the grave. You are his inheritance. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, but finally, 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 as if to say, hey, listen, it's great to know all that, but you, you need to know this last thing. I love that word, finally. Honestly, I think I could preach a whole sermon on that. Finally, he writes this, finally, as if to say, like, you need to to take what you've learned. You, You need to take everything you are, everything you've read, everything you've heard, everything you've prayed, everything that's been prayed over you, everything that's been spoken over you, you need to take it and be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 starts this way, be finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. As if to say, you need now, to have some spiritual backbone. You need to get some meat on your bones. You don't need to cower, fear, run, and hide. Finally, to wrap this all up, what you need to know is everything you've heard, do something with it. I've I've, I've spent all this time, five chapters, trying to build you up and now do. Can I say today, for those of you who may have been around here from the beginning, for 42 years, Get a spiritual backbone, right? I'm not thinking about anybody, right? Walk in the power and the strength that God's given you. Walk in who you are in Christ. We don't run from the problems in this world. We face them. We don't run and hide and fear and cower. We are, we are who we are, sons and daughters of God. So finally, be strong in the Lord. Build, be strong in your faith. Build your spirit, man. Be a person of prayer and a person of power. You have it in you. You have it for you. 
And so finally, it's almost as if Paul's saying, okay, I've given you all this, now do something. Finally, be fortified in your faith, be built up in your spirit. Don't leave all you've learned aside. And I would say, don't leave all you've learned, read, heard, prayed. Don't leave it behind you when you walk out these doors today. Don't leave it here in this room and, and come back and pick it up when you come back. Like you, you come in, you put it on, and you enjoy church, and you walk, you take it off, and then you go, no, take it with you. Don't leave here and be powerless Christians. Don't be weak-willed Christ followers, powerless men and women. Don't be swayed, moved, pulled aside by every wave, every new idea, every ideology, every philosophy or culture. Be strong. And don't walk out of here and be pulled along by every impulse, every feeling, every emotion of the flesh. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. We got to stand up armor up, grow up, so we don't give up. In Jesus' name, amen? Hey, that's, that's the next shirt. No? Okay, maybe, okay. We, we gotta be strong. Let me say it this way. We gotta get some strength, or we gotta get some strength back because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because when I am weak, he is strong, so he's got it covered either way. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. You know, Zacharias says this, it's not in your notes, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, by his spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Be strong in the Lord. In other words, I believe Paul's saying, stand your spiritual ground. Be strong in the Lord speaks to the spirit. You know what that's important is because before you give up natural ground, you've already given up spiritual ground because it happens in the spirit first. It happens in the unseen realm first, if you will. And then it happens in the natural. So Paul's saying this, he's written all this, and now he's saying, listen, don't give up spiritual ground. If you give up spiritual ground, you'll give up. So they're already experiencing giving up natural ground, and they understand it because of what they're experiencing and facing. That's why Paul's writing the letter. And he's like, no, really, it began when you gave up spiritual ground, but get it back. And he's like, I'm going to tell you how to get it back. Be strong in the Lord. So stand your spiritual ground. And, and, and he begins by writing this, and let's go on with the verse in, in verse 11. Uh, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rules, rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand. He's saying, therefore, put down the weapons that don't work and haven't done you any good anyways. And pick up what I provided for you so you can stand your spiritual ground because you're trying to address everything in the natural, but it begins in the spiritual. So if you don't address the root, it's gonna come back up again. But we in our humanity and our flesh, we're trying to attack and address everything that we see out of here in the natural. And it's the whack-a-mole. You might knock it down for a moment, but it's gonna pop back up somewhere else because you never address the root. And so that's what Paul's saying is like, hey, listen, you already know who you are, but you're giving up spiritual ground. That's why you're experiencing natural ground being given up. Let's get back to that. Stand your spiritual ground. You have an enemy and the enemy's not the person sitting next to you. That's really, why is that quiet? Like if I'm sitting next to my wife, I'm like, amen, that's not me. See, I told you, right? Or whatever like that, amen. That's okay. All right, praise the Lord. Just you're processing. I get it. All right, okay. So you have an enemy. It's not, the, it's not your boss. You don't know who my boss. I don't, but I know he's not your enemy. It's not your teacher. It's not the, the people, your neighbor. It's not that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. They may be the conduit 
but they are not the source. There is an enemy that's been scheming. I love that word scheme. We talked about it. It won't take time because of time's sake, but scheming means there's an enemy that's been pre-planning. It's like a scheme, right? It's like, it's more than just throwing something at you. It's like, oh no, I've been watching you. I've been studying your behaviors. I mean, I know your personality is such, I know what you're doing. I see all this, and so I know how to push your button. I know how to distract you. Oh, yeah, and not, if that's not enough, I've been watching your spouse. I know what brings intense fellowship in your home. Right? That's what Christians call it. Uh, <laughs> I know what brings that. I know how she gets under your skin. I know how, I know, I know how your kids just drive you crazy. I know. I've been, playing, I've been scheming against your kids, scheming, scheming against your spouse, against you, your marriage, your family. That ought to make us mad right there. Especially the kid thing, right? The next generation. Moms, that's when you take off the earrings, you take off the heels, you take off the Apple watch and say, all right. The spiritual war you want is the spiritual war you're going to get. It's a battle. Paul's trying to get him to see this. And it's an enemy. It schemes and he schemes and it begins in the realm of the spirit. And everything visible and physical is preceded by everything invisible and spiritual. And now I know that's kind of hard to believe. It's kind of weird in heavenly realms and uh, dark forces and authorities. It almost sounds like last night I stayed up too late watching The Matrix, right? It's like, come on, it's like, unplug you or whatever. It's like, that's not really what happens there than happens here. It's like, but whether you choose to believe this or not, it's truth. Because it comes from the word of God, which is the truth. And we need to understand it so we can operate in a way to walk in our victory. And let me say this. I didn't put this in your notes. I should have, but you can write this down. Ephesians 2, verse 6 says this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, hold on to that word, in Christ Jesus. And we already heard heavenly realms when we were reading where the spiritual battle is, right? Spiritual battle in the heavenly realms. Well, guess what happens when you receive Jesus as Savior and Lord? You're seated in the heavenly realms. What does that mean? That means your power and authority come from the heavenly realm first, so that means you have to address it there first. So when you're battling the dark things or the spiritual forces, I know it sounds weird, the things that are happening on the earth here now, the spiritual things, understand you have to start where you're seated in authority and power. See, that's not a scripture waiting for you to get to heaven. Oh, when you get to heaven, you're gonna be seated at the right hand of Jesus. And I'm like, no, they're not because I am. So it must be a big chair. It's not when you get to heaven, it's while you're on the earth. It's to attack the enemy or to deal with those circumstances right here, but you have to do it from where you're seated in Christ. That power and authority that's been given you, that Jesus has given you. That's where it starts. So Paul says, put on the armor, Ephesians 6, 14 says this, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then finally, pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. Pray. You're gonna need to be strengthened in your core, and we talked about this last week, with a belt called truth, the center of who you are, that everything else is connected to and kind of flows around and off of. The truth of God's word has to be your core because then you need it so you don't get pushed around by the schemes against you. And he says, you're going to need a breastplate called righteousness to guard your heart because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Then he says, if you want to be able to move forward successfully on the battleground of life, you're going to need something on your feet. Your feet need to be fitted with the gospel of peace. 
And then he says, you're going to need a shield because they're not just arrows, but they're called in scripture, flaming arrows that will be sent by the enemy in your life. And the flaming arrows aren't meant to kill you. They're meant to set fire to everything around you. They're not meant to kill you. They're meant to distract you. Has you ever felt like you're just, I'm just putting out fires? You know what that is? That's the enemy's flaming arrows to try and distract you so you cannot stand against him. You're distracted now with the natural things. I'm putting out a fire. I'm putting out fire over here. I'm putting out, I just feel like I'm putting out fires. That's the enemy coming in to distract you so you can't gain ground or stand your spiritual ground. And he says this, that you'll need a shield to extinguish the arrows of the evil one, and that shield is your faith. And then he says, you'll need something to cover your mind because the enemy's trying to build strongholds. He's trying to get a footing in your mind to get you to think about something that's not true. And, and if you don't take those thoughts captives, stronghold become the, the, they become strongholds in your mind. And he's trying to get you so you don't walk in the knowledge of God. He's trying to create strongholds so you can't clearly clear the voice of the Lord. You can't clearly hear the voice of the Lord in your mind. And that's the helmet of salvation. And then he says, you're gonna need the sword of the spirit. And he's not referring to the three foot, four foot long broadsword. That, that's kind of a, a weapon that's more of a, a distance, keeps the enemy at bay. He says, he says, you're gonna need a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and what he's talking about, they had a short sword then too uh, on their belt, and that would be 12 to 18 inches long. And that was when the enemy got past all the other defensive it was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When the enemy's up in your face and it seems like he's got, that's when you hit the enemy with the word of God. And it's close to close combat fighting there. And it's like, get out of my face, devil. Get out of my face, enemy. You need the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hold your spiritual ground in the Lord. Now you may not remember all that. And I'll be honest with you. I was trying to think, how can we like, like, is there like a kid's song that you sing that tells you all the armor, right? Anybody like Google that and tried to do that this week? You need to, right? We're going to help you with that another time. Uh, and I'm trying to think, uh, what, the belt of truth, am I, do I need the sword of the spirit, right? And, and sometimes if you're like me, that can be a little overwhelming. And so I just want to present to you an, another way today. Romans 13, 14. I want to make it easy for you. Here's what it says. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I submit to you this morning that when we're talking about the armor of God, all the pieces of the armor of God really ultimately reflect Jesus and who he is. And so for you and I, and I'm trying to think about individual armor, and I like to study all that and all, for sure, but listen, can I just tell you, clothe yourself in Jesus. If all this is a little much for you, overwhelming, and I'm not sure about those pieces of armor and what that really means, what I'm supposed to do, can I tell you, clothe yourself in Jesus Every, way, every day when you get up in the morning, put on Jesus on your life. Put on his nature. Put on his fruit. Put on his kindness. Come on. Put on Jesus in your relationships. Put on Jesus in your activities. Put on Jesus in your conversation. Put on Jesus in interacting with situations that might be difficult. Put on Jesus. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? Put on Jesus. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. And Paul says this, put on, the, put on truth, the belt. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Paul says, put on righteousness through the breastplate. And scripture says that Jesus is our righteousness. We're not righteous in and of ourselves. We're righteous through the work of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, put on peace, the shoes, your, your feet shod with the preparation of peace, or the gospel of peace. And Jesus says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but I give you my peace. And my peace passes understanding. He says, put on the helmet of salvation. And scripture is very clear that Jesus is our savior. He is our salvation. 
And Paul says, put on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you look in John 1, 1, the, the word says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. So if you don't remember truth, remember Jesus. And if you don't remember righteousness, remember Jesus. If you don't remember peace, remember Jesus. If you don't remember faith, remember Jesus. If you don't remember salvation, remember Jesus. If you don't remember the word, remember Jesus. Jesus is the full armor of God. If you just wake up every day and put on Jesus, you're armored for the day. I'm gonna put on Jesus every day. And let me say this too. Put Jesus on your kids. Put Jesus on your kids. Help them get dressed. That sounds funny, and depending on how old they are. But listen, spiritually speaking, you need to help them armor up for the day. You need to help them put on armor before they walk out the door. You need to sit down and have a family dinner at some point in time. I know it's busy, but it's not too busy to get them clothed in Jesus and find time to put the armor on them, put Jesus on them. Get them to understand Jesus and the things of Jesus. Because here's the thing, in the evil days, we need to put on Jesus because when the doctor doesn't have answers, put on Jesus. When you get the bad report, put on Jesus. When the economy doesn't have answers, put on Jesus. When your friends don't have answers, put on Jesus. When your spouse doesn't have answers, put on Jesus. When your pastor doesn't have answers, put on Jesus. And when you don't have answers, put on Jesus. Put Jesus on. Be clothed in Jesus. You got to put them on. Now, obviously, the question then is how. I mean, I hear you. I want to do that. How? Well, let's introduce this, and we'll get to this later in the series. But Ephesians 6, 18. And pray. And not just prayer. Can I tell you? Some of our prayers don't have anything to do with Jesus. Right? <laughs> right was that a prayer? Or were you just what, rambling or whatever, right? Sometimes our prayer does not reflect the nature of Jesus. And I'm not trying to give you a, a perfect prayer. Prayer is just basically your personal communication with God, and, and, and it needs to be personal. It needs to be something more than just this, I don't know, surfacey prayer. I, I, just prayer with Jesus is, is what changes you. And it doesn't say just pray. It says pray in the Spirit, capital S, in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we'll get on that later in the series. But pray in the Spirit. But for today, what I want you to get from that is you want to put on Jesus, you need to learn how to pray. And you need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. The way you put on Christ is prayer. The way you draw closer to him is prayer. The way you look more like him is prayer. The way you talk more like him is prayer. The way you think more like him is prayer. The way you act more like him is prayer. You become more like him the more you draw closer to him in that relationship, that personal peace. First Thessalonians says this, 517. Verse 17 says this, pray continually. Now I should have given you verse 16 through 18, and it says this, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So when you pray continually, you know what that means? He just wants to hear from you throughout your day. Well, I pray, 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 pray without ceasing. He, he wants you just to, he wants to be remembered throughout the day. And, I, and I, it's funny to me because I, I think of how many times I, I text people throughout the day, right? I keep up, I just keep up, and sometimes it's just like, hey, what are you doing, right? And you hope they don't have this big, long thing to send back. No, I'm just kidding, right? It's just like, hey, what are you Oh, if we could just text Jesus, hey, what's going on, Jesus, whatever. I, I, I think if we would communicate with Jesus like we do our friends, that'd be okay. It's certainly more than. I mean, how much time do we spend 
on our phone texting people and saying, how you doing? And that's like, Jesus is just like, stay in touch with me. Stay in touch with me throughout your day. It says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit. The Bible tells us the role of the Spirit is to deliver to you and I the mind of God. It's to deliver you and I the mind of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says this. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. There's things he's only gonna reveal to you by his spirit. You need to engage with God through prayer so you can receive from him by his, you won't get it any other way. We're missing out on all kinds of things God has because we're trying to pursue it in the natural things. There only, some will only come by his spirit. And it says the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I wanna know the deep things of God. I wanna dig a little deeper, then pray a little deeper. I wanna dig a little more, then pray a little more. I wanna be more like him, then spend more time in prayer. I wanna know more what God has for my life, my family. Well, guess what? It's not gonna be revealed in the natural thing. It's gonna be revealed in the spiritual realm. Dig a little deeper, pray a little bit more. We can all do that. And when you're in the evil day, you need more than just the natural at work. You need, when you're in the evil day, when you're raising kids and teens in the world today and protecting your marriage and your family, you need what eye has not seen. You need what ear has not heard. You need what mind cannot conceive. In other words, you need the supernatural work of God to enter the natural world of man. You need to bring the supernatural into the natural. And that begins for you and I in this place called prayer. And that place that we hear the things of God. And what this is saying is you need to be more spiritually minded than worldly minded. He wants you to be more spiritually minded than politically minded. Thanks, mom. He wants, he wants you to be more spiritually minded than financially minded. He wants you to be more spiritually minded than racially minded. He wants you to be more spiritually minded than culturally minded. He wants us to have the mind of the spirit because that's where we draw strength from. That's where we armor up. Romans 8, five through six, this last scripture. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires, being spiritually minded. The mind governed by the flesh leads to death, but the mind governed by the spirit, come on, leads to life and peace. Be spiritually minded leads you to life and peace. Be more aware. Be more aware of Jesus in your life. You need to be more spiritually minded. I, I need to be more spiritually. Then you need to pray more. Just communicate with them throughout the day. Keep in touch with them throughout your day. We respond instantly and immediately to natural things in natural ways. But remember, there's always a root that you cannot see. It began spiritually before it came naturally. So if we're more spiritually minded, then we're more after prone as we're armored up to address that spiritually at the root. And then we don't have those things popping up all the time. But we have to be clothed in Jesus. Put on the armor. Be more spiritually minded. Get in pray but more. Make sure that you're thinking through things the way Jesus would instead of how we would or the, or the world would. And I'll tell you what, it'll change our life because listen, we're in a war. And we've, we, Jesus won the battle for you and I. But we have to stand our ground because there's an enemy scheme. So don't lose your spiritual ground. Stand strong.
Be clothed in the armor of God. Be clothed in Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.